From the alley-oops at Kizar to the glory days at the stick. From who's got it better than us to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way from off-season to game day. Yeah, we talk back. It's the 49ers cut back. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. Welcome to the show. I'm ready to talk about the 49ers wide receiver depth chart because there's some guys that are going to be competing for the backside of this roster. And the 49ers have brought in a very eclectic group of individuals to compete and a group that looks pretty good. And the five guys who made the roster last year back on the roster for the San Francisco 49ers. So this is going to be a fun conversation. Like the video, subscribe to the channel if you haven't already on the push for 4K. And let's get involved in this conversation. Let me know what you think about each player in the comment section down below. So I'm really, really excited about this 49ers wide receiver group. Like we talked about, really talented group of guys uh, that can make a huge impact for this 49ers team in 2023. They have all the tools you need to be a very successful group for Kyle Shanahan and this 49ers offense. I mean, just look at the amount of talent they have on the top end. They've decided to exercise the fifth-year option on Brandon Ayuk, which means it's likely Ayuk is here for two more seasons, this year 2023, next year at 2024. Uh, but there are some financial implications to whether Brandon Ayuk or Debo Samuel end up staying on the roster, or if they can figure out a way for both of them to stay on the roster. But we're not going to talk about that so much in this episode as we're going to talk about going into training camp, just how it all shapes out and who has an opportunity to make this team and really who's on the outside looking in as of right now. Of course, anything can happen and any player can come and jump onto the scene out of nowhere. I think that's one of the most exciting things about a San Francisco 49ers roster is it's a meritocracy. Uh, if you play good, you're going to play. You get two really good reps, look for there to be four really good reps for you the next day as long as you consistently make plays. So you can definitely stack and get better. Each one of these guys has a unique skill set that Kyle Shanahan can use within his offense, and some of them have similar talent to other guys maybe higher on the depth chart right now that they could potentially slide into that spot if there is an injury. Also, the guys, once you get to five, six, seven, uh, maybe even four with Ray Ray McLeod, have to make sure they can help on special teams. So it starts with Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel, whichever order you want to go, one, two, one A, one B, however that works. These two guys are the number one wide receivers on your team. Of course, Debo Samuel blew up in 2021, went crazy. Of course, the contract year. So he was going to make sure he could go out there and prove his worth. And he ended up getting that big 20 plus million dollar contract per season uh, deal after that big year in 2021. He almost single-handedly carried the offense through the playoffs and they almost made it to the Super Bowl. They come up short, of course, but... Debo's abilities to do so much more than just play wide receiver, but he can line up in the backfield. He can catch balls. PFF just came out with he's the highest graded wide receiver with screens. So when he catches a screen, he does the most with it out of any 
wide receiver in the NFL, that's something huge because those are basically extended handoffs. The fact that he can make those plays makes you defend more space if you're a cornerback. You have to come up, be willing to make those tackles, all the while knowing that if you jump those too much, there could be an opportunity to go behind you, which we saw the 49ers take advantage of with McCaffrey's halfback pass last year to Brandon Ayuk for a touchdown. So Debo's ability to not just be a pretty good route runner, he came in the league, it was a little rough, but he's gotten a lot better. He creates separation. But the dynamic ability he has with the ball in his hand could be the number one uh, run-after-catch guy in the entire league. That's just how special he was. That catch he made last year against the Los Angeles Rams where Jimmy throws the ball high on the slant, he jumps up, he gets it, he makes multiple people miss, he runs over Jalen Ramsey and gets to the end zone. One of the most spectacular plays I've seen from a 49 wide receiver since you know the Jerry Rice, John Taylor, Terrell Owens day. So... Uh, really excited about what Debo does within this offense and his counterpart, Ayuk, do the things that, you know, maybe Debo doesn't do uh, really well. Those are the strengths of Brandon Ayuk. Ayuk, they try to use him a little bit in the fly sweeps uh, and that sort of thing. He still will do it on occasion. He can also catch screen passes and make plays with them. Uh, but his dynamic ability is not so much in running the ball on reverses, fly sweeps, uh, but it's about great route running. And I, I'm not talking good route running. I'm talking great route running. His route running has gotten so much better every single year. I feel like not only is his intelligence of understanding concepts, understanding defensive coverages, understanding how those players are going to play him, he uses leverage against them, and he gets them flipping their hips and going one direction, and then he goes another. Uh, the move he had against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to turn that guy inside out was absolutely spectacular. Brock Purdy goes over the top for the big touchdown, and Ayuk's waiting on the football. That's how good the move was. And to be honest, in Philadelphia, the play that, that Brock gets hurt, uh, that was he that was a cook fest. That was a barbecue. That play right there, Brian Ayuk cooked the cornerback. He's got so much ability, and the fact he had a 1,000-yard season in 2022 makes me highly optimistic about this tandem together. Uh, together, they can do it all on the football field. IU can beat you so many ways over the middle, down the field, get vertical, uh, catch those screens, and then Debo can catch those screens and, and do everything over the middle. I mean, one of the best catch-and-run guys in the league, uh, and maybe when it's said and done, one of the best ones in the NFL history. That's how much talent he has with the ball in his hands. Uh, but also the position versatility to motion him into the backfield with Christian McCaffrey or to start them there and motion one of them out and still get Debo the ball out of the backfield is it's pretty much unmatched in the NFL. There's not many players that are like Debo. In fact, there's probably not one that is, even though everyone's looking for that type of player. So those two guys are one and two. And the way that their skill set is kind of a sets up how you're going to build the rest of your roster. The rest of your roster at the wide receiver position is designed around the skill sets of your top two. And why do you do that? Because you want the, the guys behind them to do some things maybe a little bit different, uh, but also have a similar skill set in some areas where they can step in and, and be able to fill the void. Now, they're never going to do it the way Debo and Brandon and Ayuk do it because they're two special talents. But if you can get by for you know two quarters or half a game or even a full game, they can come in and get some of those things done. You can feel confident with how you're going about it. Now, when the 49ers had Kendrick Bourne, 
They had a player that was easy to convert on third down. He made big catches. He was very feisty in his blocking. Even though he wasn't the most big in stature, he definitely fought and battled on the ground. He wanted to make sure he could make those blocks, and he was pivotal in some of the big-time plays the 49ers had. You go back to that NFC Championship game against Green Bay in 2019, he was a part of a lot of the big-time plays that Raheem Mostert had, just great blocks, knowing his knowing where to put his body between defender and running back. He handled it well. And the question marks were going to be in 2021, how do you replace that? And a lot of people thought, well, maybe young upstart Jawan Jennings could do it, but we didn't see it. Uh, he spent the entire 2020 season on the practice squad or on the practice squad IR because of a hamstring. But we never really got to see it. But since Jawan Jennings, and this is why I think he's the third receiver on the team, since he's came up to the active roster in 2021, he has been spectacular blocking in the run game. He's converted on all those big third downs, getting the moniker third and Jawan. He has really been a spectacular player, and we've seen his numbers elevate. I just did a video about uh, him not getting the respect that he deserves. He's kind of understated, and he's had so many good plays for the 49ers. Just his jump from 2021 to 2022, 11 extra catches, almost 200 yards more. The, you know his, his yards per reception went up. It's a really spectacular way that Jawan Jennings is developing. I'm, I, I think I'm highly excited about that unit together. Those three wide receivers is a great group. And I think they complement each other. They're all, they're all physical. They're all gritty. You can see after plays, defenders go back after them. Uh, even on plays, they're not running routes, but that they're blocking, and they all block for each other. That play I talked about against the Rams, where Debo takes it to the house on the slant, Brandon Ayuk knocks a linebacker down in the end zone as Debo crosses. These guys work together. Dewan Jennings is huge in the running game with the versatility that he has, not only to catch the football, but also the block in the run game, whether that's stock blocking being in the slot or if that's him being a lead blocker on different types of wham plays or helping a offensive tackle or tight end get a little bit extra kick on defensive end and create a lane for the 49ers outside zone. He has been huge in those categories. And with only two accrued seasons, with this being the third, he would be a restricted free agent next year. Of course, what kind of tender would the 49ers put on him? Can they afford to put a high enough tender to keep other uh, teams away from signing Jawan? Because I think teams around the league know how critical he is to the 49ers' success because having him as the third wide receiver is an advantage 49ers by putting the opposing team in the nickel because Jawan can block almost any nickel and any safety in this league. Occasionally he gets beat, but that is a matchup the 49ers love to have. So Jawan Jennings is by far the third wide receiver on this team. Number four is going to be Ray Ray McLeod. And last year, it was just one of the things we knew. The 49ers wanted a guy that was good in short area quickness, a guy that was going to be able to catch outlets, uh, catch little out patterns, and then be able to turn those into positive gains, but also had some versatility to be able to do some of the things Debo does, uh, catch screens and get yardage, run reverses. Ray Ray McLeod touchdown on a reverse last year on a counter play. So you wanted to get a guy that could bridge a little bit of the skill set of Debo Samuel, all the while being a guy that the 49ers quarterbacks could feel comfortable checking it down to and knowing he was going to get that five to seven yards that he really needed to get. 
And so last year when we were going through the free agent process, we brought up Ray McLeod, we brought up Jakeem Grant. Uh, there were guys that definitely made sense for the 49ers. They elected to go with Ray Ray. I think a lot of that has to do with his special teams ability as well. He definitely changed the 49ers return game. It went from abysmal uh, in 2021 as far as punt return to being a very solid uh, take care of the football unit. And I think a lot of that has to be attributed to, of course, coordinator Brian Snyder, but also Ray Ray McLeod just being consistent in catching the football, securing the ball. And then he had some pretty good returns as well. A, a couple on occasion where he flipped the field. Those are huge. But when Debo was out, he was able to make big plays and get touchdowns. He caught passes in critical situations. And I think there's even an increased role uh, this year for Ray Ray McLeod because now he's just more confident in the offense. Kyle's more confident in his skill set and how he's going to use him. And we heard Kyle talk about him during the year and how much he really appreciated Ray Ray McLeod's skill set, attitude. Uh, whenever they would say things about Debo Samuel being able to do something, Ray Ray said he could do that as well. I like the mindset, and I, I know he wants to have a big season, and I think there's going to be opportunity because if you're focusing on Christian McCaffrey and this one-two wide receiver punch, who's paying attention to Ray Ray McLeod and Jawan Jennings? I think those are opportunities for both of them. But you can kind of see the versatility, the third wide receiver being the big physical guy that converts on third down and blocks as an advantage in the slot. And then Ray Ray McLeod, who can play outside or in the slot, but is a different type of player. So if you have a big nickel, you can go with Ray Ray McLeod, and he can be able to win in short areas and get open. Also, he's very comfortable in sitting down in his zone and getting those check downs and getting the positive yards or like we talked about doing those specialty plays if Debo's not in the game at the time. So to me, that was it's a nice uh, combination to go with the top of your group. And then let's talk about number five, Danny Gray. And I'm going to keep Gray at five. He was with the, with the team last year on the active 53-man. He did not get on the field a whole lot. Uh, he saw one catch, but we got to see him excel on special teams as a gunner. And we heard a lot of positive conversation about him growing, learning, doing his best to get better and better at playing wide receiver for Kyle Shanahan. The transition from college to Shanahan wide receiver has been known to be difficult, and we've seen players kind of end up in a little bit of either out of the way where you don't see him or in a little bit of a doghouse. I think Brandon Ayuk dealt with some of this his second season because the first one, there was COVID, so he never got out there to practice. And then second of all, there was... Uh, you know, just he is uh, he's just forced out there to play. And when you're out there and you're having to play because there's lack of talent, you can't exactly sit the player and make them learn. They're learning on the fly. And I think sometimes they can develop some different habits than what you really want, where Danny Gray had to go out there and learn. And he has to be explosive every single play. And I think there's a lot more to Danny Gray than just a vertical passing game. And I, I made a video about that, too. Uh, but I think he's ready to, you know, to excel and and come on the scene. I don't think we're looking for a Pro Bowl caliber season or anything like that. But I do think he can make some explosive plays, make a couple of pivotal catches, and maybe get the ball in some fly sweep, jet sweep type situations, and put some pressure on defensive ends to fly across the ball and at least respect him. They have to respect him and widen out when the ball is snapped. That means it creates extra run lanes for this 49ers running game. So just that threat and the thought that maybe he will do it, 
can make them be, you know, play the, the position honestly and allow yourself to get extra lanes to run the football. A half man move by a defensive end is critical. Those types of things, or even making a linebacker freeze for half a second, you freeze for half a second, you might not have an opportunity to get back there. Uh, you jump forward, and now all of a sudden they're passing right behind you. It opens the zone. There's a lot of really big things that can happen just using the skill set of these players, not only to get the ball in their hands, but to manipulate defenses to believe the ball is going into their hands. And I think that's one thing Kyle Shanahan does very well, and he's got the skill set to do so. And that's why I believe those are the top five. And that was the top five receivers last year. They only kept five. What's interesting is my number six guy is going to be Ronnie Bell out of Michigan, the 49ers seventh round pick. I think Ronnie Bell, if the 49ers decide to keep six wide receivers, has the upper hand on getting that sixth spot. I don't believe he can beat out the top five. I think his only way, if they keep five, of making the team is if there's an injury ahead of him. I think he does have a good skill set. They like his hands. He he has uh, had to work on sitting down in zone. He likes to run through zone sometimes and not sit down in those areas. But those types of things can be coached up. Uh, those can definitely be things he learns. And then his speed, uh, he doesn't always look fast on the field, but he is able to create separation, a lot like Jawan Jennings. And Ronnie Bell is more of a vertical threat than was anticipated. I think his size is nothing that anyone's going to go crazy about, but uh, having a consistent catcher of the football and somebody that's pretty intelligent with his dad being a wide receivers coach, you can kind of see that he would learn and be able to take in and grasp what the 49ers do on offense and could develop into a consistent uh, player for this 49ers offense. So I like Ronnie Bell, and I think he's sitting in that sixth spot right now. I think there is a lot of guys who are hungry right behind him, and that's who we're going to talk about You know, next is a guy like Chris Conley. Want to make a podcast? Spotify has got a platform that lets you make one super easily and distribute it everywhere and even earn money all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else your podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And when you want to take conversations with your fans to the next level, Q&A and polls are the best way to get them talking. With Spotify for podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since I've discovered Spotify for podcasters, I just enjoy putting these podcasts out for everyone to really like. I highly recommend you give it a try. It's so easy to use. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started today. Uh, Chris Conley is coming in as a free agent. 49ers bringing him in. He's 30 years old. He's six foot three, uh, over 200 pounds, but he runs a 4-3-40. At least that's what he did in the combine. You're talking about a guy with extreme athletic traits that can get vertical down the field, but this guy has an uncanny ability to know where to sit down in coverage. When I went back and I watched this film, I really enjoyed the overall feel of coverage. He knew exactly what pockets to sit down in. He would hunch, he would wait, he would make that catch, 
and then get up the field. I think the bigger question is how well does he fit the 49ers scheme as far as traditionally? Because Conley, if you don't hit him in stride where he's full speed catching the football, it takes him a little bit of time to get going. So if you're going to hit him and he's going to have to wait for the football, he's not going to have as much yak yardage as some of the other guys. His start, you know, get up and go is not as quick. But once he gets going, the guy can break away and make plays. So Danny Gray is full speed all the time. Chris Conley's full speed once he's moving. And I think that that's one thing I'm curious to see how it fits in this offense. But having that big physical wide receiver, the 49ers definitely have. And the way that Roddy Bell maybe fits what a Jawan Jennings does, uh, Chris Conley does as well as far as big body. And big body, be able to block, veteran, understand where to sit down, which means you probably convert on third downs. Just knowing how to read a zone is very important. And the 49ers have a pretty young group of wide receivers. So I think Conley's in a real competition uh, for, to make this 49ers team. I think he's in full competition with Ronnie Bell. I don't think Bell is like really ahead of him. I think these guys are pretty even. Uh, the fact that Bell was drafted by the 49ers does help his, his stake to make this football team. But uh, Chris Conley's coming. Next up, Willie Sneed. And Willie Sneed is, of course, a longtime veteran, eight years in the league. And he was on the 49ers off and on last year. He was on the practice squad, came up to the active roster, uh, made plays, was a pivotal block in the Raven McLeod counter touchdown, which was huge. Uh, he came in and played special teams. He does all the nasty work. He's also a very accomplished blocker. Sneed is somebody the 49ers feel comfortable with. You throw in the fact he does have Tremendous special teams ability, not just in the coverage, but also in the return game as well. He's somebody that's consistent about catching the football and about making sure that he secures it. And I think there's it's nice to have a veteran that understands the different roles and, and situations that you're going to face and what to do in those types of situations. And so Willie Sneed provides the 49ers that. Now, making the 53-man roster is going to be really difficult. The 49ers already... Well, last year, they could put Sneed on the practice squad and then be able to elevate him when necessary. You're allowed six veterans on your practice squad, so Willie Sneed could obviously be one of those guys. So the likelihood of him making the active 53-man roster coming out of training camp, probably not the best, uh, but I do believe that he's got a chance to be a part of this organization and team this year uh, at some point being elevated from the practice squad. So he could look if he gets waived to make, you know, a release to go to another football team and potentially try to get on an active roster that way. Or he can return to the 49ers practice squad and see if they need him during the season, which they did in 2022. Next up, another undrafted free agent in Tay Martin. Uh, Tay Martin, definitely somebody the 49ers are high on, had a little bit of snaps last year in 2022. Most of them on special teams, but uh, he's a guy that's you know six foot two, and and got a little bit of ability. Not a, a vertical threat, but definitely can catch the ball at the highest point. He competes in his route running, competes in his blocking. So to me, uh, Tate Martin is definitely in the mix. I think if you wanted to to mix him up with Willie Sneed and put him in that competition with Conley and Bell, you definitely could. I just put Sneed there because of the veteran leadership. And the fact he was actually on the 53-man roster last year with Conley and Sneed both you know, ha spending time on active 53s, 
I thought that those two guys uh, with their veteran leadership and ability kind of jump over Tay Martin, but it doesn't mean that I think Tay Martin doesn't have the potential to come in and compete. And I can see him make the practice squad for the 49ers. And if he does, we might see him at some point. Injuries are inevitable. I hope they don't happen, but making sure you insulate yourself with players that can come in and get it done is definitely something the 49ers want. And if you come into a situation where, you know, Jawan Jennings got hurt during the season and Chris Conley wasn't on the active roster, you might turn to a player like Tay Martin who still gives you that big receiver that can help block. Now, he's a lot slighter than Conley and um, Jawan Jennings. I mean, he's under 200 pounds where the other two are well over 200 pounds. So a little bit different as far as physicality, but still he does give a lot of, a lot of effort. And as long as his technique continues to improve, then he has an opportunity to produce for the 49ers in 2023. Next up, Daz Newsome. And Newsome is a guy that does a lot of things. I mean, he's like Ray Ray McLeod as far as he you know creates in the backfield. He catches screens. Uh, he does a lot of those types of things. And like Ray Ray, he's not the fastest guy. He's not the biggest guy. He just, you know, goes out and makes plays. And I think if we're talking about a Daz Newsome uh, that was like at North Carolina, I think a lot of people would be excited. The problem is his NFL career hasn't really materialized the way that he was hoping. And I think the NFL teams around the league were hoping. Uh, Daz Newsome definitely has a plethora of abilities. But the 49ers, you'll go out and they grab a guy that maybe fits what the Ray Ray McLeod role is. So if you come into a situation where, you know, maybe you need a guy because Ray Ray's out for the year, you can go into your Rolodex and look at Daz Newsome and say, hey, we got this guy. If we want these types of skills, we need this type of, of player on our roster uh, instead of going with a, a guy that was similar. So instead of going with Jawan Dennings and Chris Conley, uh, two bigger physical receivers, you could go to a Daz Newsome who could do the things behind the line of scrimmage, run the fly sweeps, catch the screens, uh, you know, make those little uh, short area plays with the the drop-offs and the quick outs, uh, the Texas routes, those types of things. So I do think that Daz Newsome is somebody they're going to keep an eye on, and that's probably part of the reason the 49ers have looked at a guy, the speedster like Jacor Pearson as well, a guy that's quick in space, that short area quickness. If you're going to put a big nickel, we can go ahead and take advantage of you with quickness. I think that's why the 49ers keep evaluating these guys in those types of roles. Next up is Isaiah Winstead, uh, the guy that, you know, undrafted free agent that kind of took the Twitter sphere by uh, storm when he put up a video of him being able to get off press coverage, getting downfield and making plays. And he sure did look a lot faster than his 4.7 speed he put up during his pro day. Right, Isaiah Winstead is another one of the big physical wide receivers. The 49ers have three of them on this team. Winstead, Conley, and Jawan Jennings, all of them, you know, 6'2", 6'3". Uh, Tay Martin is that 6'2 frame, but not really the 200 pounds. But these other guys are big and they're physical, pretty good route runners. Winstead is definitely a project. So I think that Isaiah Winstead is at least a year away. I'm curious what happens and, and how much time he actually gets. Let's see what happens when we get to the Raiders practices. Uh, let's see what happens when we get into preseason and how much run he has and if he can do something. It's gotten kind of quiet as far as reporters and, and people talking, hyping up Winstead. But Winstead wasn't the first cuts either. Uh, Shea Wyatt was released already. So they at least see enough in Winstead to make him one of these you know top wide receivers that they have. And the 49ers have a really good wide receiver room. 
So this is the depth that I see for the 49ers going into training camp. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, one. Debo Samuel, one. B. Dewan Jennings, three. Raven McLeod, four. Danny Gray, five. Ronnie Bell, six. Chris Conley, seven. Willie Sneed, eight. Tay Martin, nine. Daz Newsome, 10. And Isaiah Winstead, 11. That's just, I mean, it's just how I see it. I think that it's a very impressive group and unit. And I think they can make a lot of things happen. I think they have depth as well. They don't just have stud players at the top, but they have some really nice depth all throughout, especially with drafting Ronnie Bell and signing Chris Conley. I think those were very solid. And I think those two guys and probably Tay Martin uh, a little lesser than, but have an opportunity to make this roster of the 49ers keep six wide receivers. Uh, but thank you guys uh, so much for watching the episode. Let me know what you thought of the 49ers depth chart. Do you agree with me? Would you flip, you know, Tay Martin, Willie Sneed, uh, just in that order, let me know in the in the comment section down below. Once again, like the video, subscribe to the channel if you haven't already on the push for 4K. But until the next time, stay safe and remember the right way is always the 49ers way. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.